Jordan. Ian. Who woke up on the wrong side of the bed, sleepily mistook their window for their door, fell three stories, and now gets to eat morphine for breakfast, dinner, and tea. Jack Black? No. Two guys. What? Hello, and welcome to episode 38 of Two Guys What's Up, the weekly comedy podcast where if cats weren't so bitey, they'd be welcome in my house. My name is Ian, and I'm joined by the guy that would just sell the cat anyway, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan, how are you? I would definitely sell a cat. I'm not a cat person. Yeah, I'm not a cat person at all. I mean, you probably wouldn't think I'm a dog person either. <laughs> <laughs> just no kind of animal person. I might actually start getting cats just so I can sell them. Aren't they called breeders? And that's a thing, isn't it? That is a thing, yeah. Good. You do have to have a license, though. Oh, Oh, do you? Oh, shit. Well, you meant to. You could be a rogue trader. Oh, God, yeah, I'll get all them people on me from Channel 4, Channel 5? I don't know. But seriously, how are you? You all good? You happy? You having a lovely day? I'm good. I mean, yeah, I'm totally fine. I did have a slight discussion with you just prior to this, didn't I, over the whole quidco slash top cashback thing? You did, yeah, and you can't get over <laughs> the fact that for some reason I don't shop online. <laughs> I don't understand. So since I mentioned it on a previous episode about quidco, I actually got a money-saving expert email about a £5 spend equals a £25 cashback on Quidco, which is amazing for like a new sign-up user. And Ian said to me, well, that's fine because if I'm up 20 quid, I don't really care what I spend it on. And so I said, well, make sure you at least get something that you want, like go on eBay and buy a deck of bicycle cards or something just so you've got it. And then Ian says, I don't even have an eBay account (laughs) and I can't cope. Hi everyone, so this is Jordan from the future. Just wanted to chime in and say that while I was editing this episode, in my mind I was thinking I was going to remove a lot of what you're about to hear. But actually, I thought it was so funny listening to me and Ian argue like an old married couple that I decided to keep it in. So, for your entertainment only, enjoy listening to us bicker. I used to have an eBay account, and then I never used it, so I just deleted it. It's like one of my older emails. Brilliant. Yeah, why not get rid of that old feedback score? (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. But I mean, I already have. I'm looking at right now, I've got about 10 decks of bike cards unopened anyway, so I don't necessarily need another one. It didn't have to be that, you know. (laughs) That's the thing. Anything that I would spend £5 on isn't, you know, going to be worth buying it online for. It could literally be anything. But it will, because you'll get £20 on top. Yeah, so I'll just buy, like, the cheapest thing I can find. Like a £5 set of toothpicks. I don't care what it is. Get the 20 quid free. Yeah, but why not spend that £5 on something that will also benefit you, is what I'm saying. Because there's nothing that would benefit me that I could probably find in that price range. I mean, you can spend more. It's a minimum of £5 spend. So you mean you would rather spend that money on toothpicks than an extra deck of cards. Okay, if you went to, say, I don't know, Poundland in town, yep. and, you know, you could easily spend a fiver there, couldn't you, of little bits and pieces, well, just get the same stuff on eBay or online, and jobs are good, and you've got the stuff that you want, but you've also fulfilled the brief to allow you this extra money. It's a no-brainer, surely. I have never bought anything from Poundland. Okay, it doesn't have to be Poundland. Okay, right, right you, but, yeah, you're but... getting hooked on the details a bit like when you're trying to say your paragraph. No, no, no. What's happening is you're saying, well, it could be this thing. And I'm saying, I don't need that thing. You're saying, well, it could be this place. And I'm like, well, I don't shop at that place. So you're giving me more examples of places of things that I don't need. Okay, so you told me I'd rather go to town and buy stuff. Yeah. What would you buy that's in the £5 range? Nothing. You know, the only thing I buy that is like under £5 is probably like a pizza or something or, you know, like a can of beer. Or, or there like... you go. Okay. Buy a pizza from... Uh... From eBay. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, because there's online takeaways that are on there as well. Yep. You know, you could do it through Just Eat. Well, the ones that are on, I mean, like anything I buy from like a takeaway is going to be ridiculously expensive. So it wouldn't be worth, you know, spending £20 to get essentially then just a five for free. Okay, so you're misunderstanding the point now. <laughs> Let's say that you were planning that week to buy a takeaway, for example. Yeah. Why not think, oh, you know what? I'll use Just Eat this time. I'll get that sign up bonus. I'm doing what I was going to do anyway. And I'm in pocket. Because then I'm spending more than the £5. I'm outside of that bracket, so I'm not essentially getting that £20 free. Yes, but you are, because if you were going to be buying that takeaway regardless, it's your normal spending. Yes, you are. But then my bank balance will just stay the same. There'll be no fluctuation, like, for better or worse. <laughs> You're making it really difficult, because I'm this not, is you just, such you just an need to, <laughs> You just need to get through your head that I don't buy online. <laughs> Okay, right. Because I really want to get this across now. Because I don't know if you're dodging it or you're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I just... No, but the point is that let's say you and your wife decide, for example, I'm making this up, that a Saturday night, for example, is our takeaway night. We enjoy it a little bit as a family. Mm -hmm. But instead, what I'm going to do this time is that, say, £30 I was going to be spending regardless, I will put it through the Quidco app. I will spend it there as I would have done, Mm -hmm. but this time I've got £25 for doing it. But I haven't got £25 for doing it because I spent 30 so I'm down 5 Yes, but you do realise it's not like you're going to get this extra £20 bonus and then be like, right, well, I can't spend anything for the rest of my life now. Well, no, but like I said to you, I don't buy online, so it would go unused. But it wouldn't, would it? Because if you've just bought a takeaway that you were going to be buying that week regardless, it's not like it's a new spend. You've just done it to earn an extra £20 for doing what you would have done normally. Well, that one time for the sign-up bonus is £20. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but then I wouldn't be £20 up because I'd be spending more than I'd be getting. So I'd still be down. So No, no but... <laughs> and I mean, I know what you're saying. Like, I'd be getting the, the takeaway for essentially £5 rather than 30 I'm not really saying that. I think you're missing the point. It's more that you would have been spending that anyway. I'm not asking you to spend more than you would be. I'm just saying you would have been spending that £30. So yeah. why not use that magical app called Quidco in order to get that extra £20 that you would have never have got otherwise. Because I want to spend the minimum amount of money so that I can literally have £20 in my hand. I think I've just diagnosed your autism. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think you're quite understanding what I'm trying to say to you. Like, if I spend £30 and get £25 back, I'm £5 down. But what I want to do is spend £5 and be £20 up. Yeah, and then later that night you buy a takeaway for 30 quid, Like you were going to do anyway, yeah. you've now also just wasted £5. It's fine. <laughs> I can deal do with that. Do you see what I'm saying now? <laughs> I, I guess the, 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 no, the fact of the matter is I just don't care enough about it. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. What sort of things have you bought over the last three years on that app? Uh, like anything. So again, if I bought from Just Eat, I'd go through that. So I've got a certain percentage of cash back. If I went to B&Q, I'd buy it through the app and click and collect. Uh, literally anything. Uh, Wilco, for example, I'd buy as the click and collect through the app. Okay. So my normal spending, I'm not going out of my way to spend extra. No, yeah, that's fine. Because then you're not actually saving money then. Mm-hmm. But I would have been spending all of this money regardless. It's stuff I needed or things that I were going to be buying anyway. Mm-hmm. But now I've just got a bonus for doing it. And and that adds up over the years. Okay, so I understand what you're saying, that in your world, where you buy from, those things work for you. Mm. But I can't remember the last time I stepped foot in B&Q. The only place I go into is Tesco, <laughs> you know, to do my weekly shop, and that's about it. Okay. Is Tesco on Quidco? Yeah. 
Yeah? Yeah, yeah. What's the deal on Quidco for Tesco? To be honest, it's forever changing, but I will tell you. So you get £5.50 cash back through Tesco groceries. Right. Or 8.8%, depends what's the greater, really. So £5.50 cash back when you spend a minimum of £25 for Click and Collect online. Okay, well, there you go. You just said, give me something that might actually be helpful to me, so now I might consider it. (laughs) So let's say you did that with your new bonus. You're quids in. You just keep doing you, mate, so long as you're happy. (laughs) Anyway, how are you? Well, John. (laughs) Well, John, I am great. (laughs) Good. And that is going to make this all the sweeter because I have got some bad news for you. Oh, go on. It's scone talk time. Wait, it's scone talk time. (laughs) I noticed you said scone as well. Well done. That's because I keep f***ing reading it because it's got the cone, but it's wrong. You mean because it's written that way? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just you listen. Just you listen to me, young man. (laughs) So I checked out the numbers from the poll that we put out to hopefully put to bed once and for all the age-old discussion on how the word scone is pronounced, or at least to find out which one of us is right. Yes. And Jordan, during this little rant I have prepared, there is going to be some points where you think, well, there you go then. Shut your face. I win. But I'd just like to ask you to keep all that smugness to yourself just until you hear the final verdict if you wouldn't mind all right yeah absolutely okay so last time i checked you were winning the poll on instagram 67 percent to 33 saying that indeed it is preferably pronounced scone yes and i think you were also winning the facebook poll four to one as well and that was on both group and page wasn't it i believe so yeah irrelevant now So I know fine well you'd like me to end it there, Jordan, but, you know, majority votes, right? That's the end of it. It's scone, the end, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's all sorts of correct Uh, on my part. Just a yes or no will do, Jordan. (laughs) Well, sticking to my true stubborn nature, I took to Google to research how this word is actually meant to be spoken. Whether I was right or wrong, I needed to know. Okay. So the first thing I did was Google words that rhyme with gone, as I thought my argument that it is gone, minus the G with an added SC, hoping to find scone in the list. <laughs> I think my chest is going to burst. <laughs> I was hoping to find scone in the list, and instead I got words like spawn, fawn, and vaughn, and yawn. Really? Yeah, weirdly enough. Out of gone? Out of gone, yeah. Out of gone. <laughs> they, yeah, they don't rhyme with scone or scone. Okay. So next, I simply googled words that rhyme with scone. With no pronunciation indicated, I assumed it would be the best and easiest way to find out, given what it showed to rhyme with, would show exactly how it was supposed to be said. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I got words like cone, blown, and shown, which would indicate it is indeed pronounced, Jordan, as you and all the other people you paid to sway the results of our poll would say. Scone. You mean the correct people. Well, I know you'd like me to stop there again, Jordan, but... I didn't like that answer, so I continued my search. <laughs> oh, God. Next, I simply scrolled down on that same page of Google, and it said this. In British English, the word scone is generally pronounced to rhyme with gone, with a long O sound. In American English, however, the word scone is often pronounced to rhyme with cone, with a short O sound, which would indicate that, yes, as I thought, I am indeed correct. Scone all the way. See, the, the thing is... <laughs> not finished. But this was only backed up, Jordan, by the very last website that I came across. Falsefacts.co.uk <laughs> <laughs> 
getsurrey.co.uk. Okay. With a headline reading, How to correctly pronounce scone like the Queen, according to an etiquette expert. Which it says in excruciating detail how the UK's leading etiquette expert, William Hansen, has set the record straight and his answer, once and for all, is to rhyme with gone, rather than scone to rhyme with bone. And that's the Queen's English, pal, settled once and for all. So I am proud of myself for persevering and standing my ground. And to you, Jordan, and all the other incorrect pronouncers out there, I will take my apologies in the form of cash. Thank you and good night. Not with Quidco, though. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew you were going to f***ing say that. I just want the cold hard cash delivered to my hands. £10 per scone. Oh, God. My stomach hurts. <laughs> well, how about we say it's a draw? Oh, yeah. That, that's what a loser would say. <laughs> no, well, I'm offering my, you know, my thing because the poll spoke. Yeah. That's what we put it up for. Yeah, you use all that quidco cash to pay people off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Collect scone, I'll give you 8% cash back. <laughs> It's the Instagram deal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this has been so fun. Oh, yeah. And we're already just getting started. We better make a move, haven't we? We fucking better crack on. What have you got coming up for us today, Jordan? Well, after my slightly dark topic last week, in fact, we were also debating with each other, should we change it? Because it felt a bit sinister. But we're going to see what people think. Yeah, I mean, we we came to the conclusion that we shouldn't censor ourselves. You know, it's our show. Fuck! (laughs) Oh, there's a beep there. Oh, fucking hell. How do you get rid of this f***ing beep? Oh, what I'll do is I'll just add that beep over everything you were saying about the scones. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, foiled. I'll just, like, take one of the times I said scone and just drop (laughs) that into every other one. No, so I decided I'll make it a little lighter this week. Yep, lovely. And it is the funniest things that teachers have heard from their pupils. Fantastic. I'll explain more when we get to it, but my wife was a primary school teacher of about eight years, and she's heard some stuff, and I'm going to relay some of that to you in that as well, and I think it's worth it. Are they all your wife's tales, or...? No, no, this is a mixture, but it includes some of hers. Brilliant, fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. They're always hilarious, even stuff like that. Oh, it did say don't work with animals, kids or Ian, and I think it's true. (laughs) True words have never been spoken. (laughs) Apart from scone. So, um... coming up for us today, Ian. So today, me old scony bugger, after we spoke recently about Dyatlov Pass, I decided it was probably the perfect time to fill you in on the full story ahead of your great hike that you're planning to the top of Everest next week. So I'd let you know what to avoid. Um... That's part of the deal on Quidco. You buy a tent and you get one free expedition to the top of Everest. <laughs> you buy a tent and you have to pick it up from the top. Yeah. <laughs> We <laughs> were just selling leftovers. So let's just jump into Diet Love Pass, shall we? All right. In 1959, a group led by Igor Dyatlov embarked on a skiing expedition across the northern Urals in the Soviet Union. And I just want to tell you, by the way, there are about 10 different Russian names in this, and we all know what I'm like for pronouncing foreign names. And scone. You, I thought we were dropping the scone. <laughs> Sorry, we are. It was just a jab I had to get in. Sorry. <laughs> Dagger is down. (laughs) Yes, thank you. I hold nothing against you for any mispronunciations of foreign names. That's very kind of you, thank you. And I hope I don't offend the people who actually have these names. So, my apologies. I'll try my hardest. (laughs) 
podcast. <laughs> so just try and stick with me. Okay. So, Dyatlov, a 23-year-old radio engineering student in the Ural Polytechnical Institute, assembled a group of nine others, mostly fellow students and peers, consisting of eight men and two women, though one member, Yuri Yudin, turned back due to health issues. So there were just nine of them that went. Right. Each member of the group was an experienced hiker with ski tour experience, and they aimed to receive their grade three certificate upon returning from the trek, which required them to traverse 300 kilometers or 186 miles. The route was approved, and finally the day came to set off. On January 31st, the group arrived at the Highland Edge, readying for their climb. They stashed extra supplies in a wooded valley, a cache for the trip back. Next day, they advanced through the pass, aiming to camp on the opposite side, but snowstorms worsened visibility, veiled their path, and accidentally steered them westward towards the eerie peak of Kolat Saikal. Cycle? Cycle? Yeah, it works for me. <laughs> Perfect. So, realising the mistake they had made, they chose an unsettling solution to camp on the slope, ignoring a forested shelter just 1.5 kilometres away. Speculation loomed. Did Diet Love want to cling to the altitude gained, or was something more sinister at play? Yudin, the member of the group who had left due to health issues, speculated that Diet Love perhaps intended to maintain the elevation they had achieved, or might have been interested in practising mountain slope camping. Okay. Which is a skill, I guess, you would need. Yeah, not something I would ever envision myself doing, because that sounds very dangerous. Well, what are you going to do when you're on your expedition next week? I'm just going to close my Quidco account. <laughs> yeah, delete. <laughs> are you in on this one? <laughs> so, before setting out on the expedition, Dyatlov had promised to send a telegram upon the group's return to Vizhai, anticipated to be around February 12th. However, Dyatlov had told Yudin that he expected the return to take a little longer. So, when the 12th passed with no word, the delay didn't really initially cause any concern. But on February the 20th, the families demanded a rescue effort. The Institute's head mobilised volunteer students and teachers, followed by a military police force, and the search began. So jump forward to February the 26th. Searchers discovered the group's damaged tent. The scene was eerie. The tent was partially torn and snow-covered, devoid of belongings. Investigator Sharavin noted that the tent had been sliced from the inside, indicating that someone or something may have been at the entrance of the tent that they were so desperately trying to get away from because inhospitable conditions they were in, why would you purposely destroy your only form of shelter? Yeah, that doesn't sound ominous at all. No, yeah, it's a bit creepy, isn't it? So this is a point that I raised last week, was it? Or the week before when we mentioned Truthproof 4 book when you said, I'd have just cut my way out of the tent. Yeah. And I was like, what? Diet Love Pass style. So this is the part which really sort of made me want to do the story. Right. So yeah, the cut was from the inside of the tent, just completely ignoring the zip. Because you see, nine set of footprints ranging from those in socks and single shoes to barefoot led downhill from the tent to a nearby forest, across the pass and 1.5 kilometres or one mile northeast before the tracks vanished under the snow spooky business mm. and the fact that you know they're all experienced hikers they're so they know what they're up against and they left the tent either barefooted or with only socks on or with only one shoe so they were leaving in a rush right i see something freaked them out so much that they were just like get the fuck out and ran which is obviously something that you probably don't want to be doing during an expedition leaving your shoes and being barefoot no not in the frigid temperatures yeah like minus 20 odd degrees oh my god the frostbite on that Ugh. but by the wood's edge, near a tall Siberian pine, the first two bodies were found. Kravonyshenko and Doroshenko, shoeless and scantily clad, were found underneath the tree. Branches up to five metres high in the pine hinted that maybe someone had been climbing the tree, perhaps to scout the camp, or that, given that their bodies had scratches on them, it might indicate that the campers were climbing up the tree to escape something before being dragged back down. Ugh. Yeah, so you're coming up on this scene, you find in the tent, you find the two bodies just sat under a tree. It just, it's just weird as f- Were the bodies alive? 
or deceased? They were all dead. All dead. Right, okay. Ugh, that's awful. So beyond the pine, three more bodies were found. Dyatlov himself, Kolmogorova, and Slobodim. Their positions suggested a desperate but failed attempt to return to camp. They were found at a distance of 300, 480, and 630 metres from the tree. The remaining four were located over two months later on May the 4th, buried four metres beneath snow in a deep ravine in the woods. Three of these were better dressed, and signs indicated clothing from the deceased was used by the survivors. Dobinina even wore Krivonishenko's burnt trousers, burned because they had been tried to make a fire out in the wilderness, and her left foot was wrapped in a torn jacket, obviously trying to keep warm. Following the discovery of the initial five bodies, a legal inquest commenced promptly. A medical assessment identified no injuries that could explain their demise, concluding that hypothermia was the cause of their death, although Slobodin had a minor skull crack although that was determined not to be fatal. Ooh, right, okay. So the investigation took a turn upon examining the four bodies discovered in May. Three hikers had fatal injuries. One had severe skull damage, while the other two displayed substantial chest fractures. According to the examiner, the force required for such damage was immense, akin to that of a car collision. Wow. Notably, no external wounds were linked to these bone fractures, so they didn't have any cuts on the outside of their bodies. It was as though they had had a tremendous pressure exerted on them. That's weird. Mm. Out in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, just on this mountain. But I mean, it's not even over, it gets weirder. So the four bodies found in the creek bore soft tissue damage to their head and face. One, for instance, was missing her tongue, eyes, lips, and facial tissue, while the other had their eyeballs removed and won their eyebrows. Oh, that is awful. Yeah. It makes uh, my segment last week sound like a children's story. (laughs) (laughs) But on a serious note, though, it doesn't sound like a classic grizzly bear. No, exactly, yeah. It's not as if they're just like grizzly bears with an appetite for eyeballs and tongues. You know, it's, it's something has meticulously taken these items. That is a really horrifying image, actually. Yeah. Ugh. So the forensic expert concluded that these injuries were post-mortem due to their body's location in the stream where they were found, but there was speculation about the indigenous Mansi people, local reindeer herders, being involved in the murderous attack against the group for encroaching on their land, and some Mansi individuals were questioned, but evidence didn't support this hypothesis because only the hikers' footprints were visible and there was no sign of hand-to-hand struggle. R- okay. Yeah, it's really weird. So why would they do it? I mean, they've got all this hiking knowledge. So outside forces, like people, would be probably the first thing you go to is out. Yeah. You're thinking animals, but there's no trauma on the outside of the body. So you've just got broken bones and missing parts of them. I am very interested what the speculation is of this in a paranormal sense, because I can't really think of any kind of logical explanation to how that works. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's two main paranormal theories about it, but we'll get into them. It's just one more little nugget of horrible information for you. Oh, delightful. What adds to the enigma is the discovery that some of the hikers' clothing exhibited slight radioactivity. I think some of their bodies were actually yellowed as if to be suffering from radiation sickness. And strangely enough, the official verdict at the time attributed to the group's demise was an unknown, compelling force. So they don't know what it was. (laughs) Right, okay. Which doesn't really clear a lot up. The investigation was formally closed in May 1959 due to the lack of a culpable party, and in February 2019, Russian authorities reopened the investigation into the incident, but focused on three plausible explanation. An avalanche, a slab avalanche, or a hurricane. I've not even heard of a slab avalanche before. I think it's just where like the top layer of snow just falls, so it's not like the whole... Oh, right, okay. Like a wave of snow, it's just like a, the top slab. A mini avalanche. Yeah, just kind of falling on them. But surely that would have buried them. Yeah, I mean, wasn't the one that was buried, I think? Yeah. That was a couple of months later, though, wasn't it? So I guess... That was in May, and they, they went missing in January. Makes sense. Wow. So what are some other possible explanations for all this creepiness? So some people think it might be something called a catabatic wind 
which is essentially just a freak strong bit of wind which is like incredibly strong and it just comes out of nowhere blows right the way through and then goes i mean that is me after some mexican food (laughs) with me sat below you my tip jar at the ready It's like, oh, it was a bit spicy that one. I'm ready for this catapatic wind. <laughs> yeah, get it blown right out the other end of me. <laughs> like a good air dry. I've heard that that is also radioactive. <laughs> Another theory is that it could have been military involvement, so the group got accidentally caught up in some kind of exercise where weapons were being used and they just accidentally got killed so it got covered up to save a massive public outcry. Uh, another one is a infight over impossible romantic partners. So Wow, okay. So they're thinking that someone was sleeping with another part of the group whilst in a relationship with another person. They came into the tent, was like, hey, what are you doing in bed with my girlfriend? So they were like, oh shit. So they cut out and they all started running, but I don't think that really makes sense because there were nine of them. Yeah, and also, I still can't see that that would result in loss of eyes and such. Yeah, very true. Unless that was just wildlife afterwards, you know, a little bird floating around. Still, I doubt it, though, but I mean, well... Are there mm. any birds in Russia that Ever. could pull a tongue out? <laughs> oh, no, we've been through this for Canada. Uh, another one is one of them went mad. They're just thinking that one of them maybe just went a bit crazy and just started killing people, removing eyeballs, taking out tongues, you nah. know, like turning up at people's tent and making them chop away and run away. I don't think so. So I guess the obvious ones for the paranormal aspects, which <laughs> probably seem more likely, is Bigfoot or aliens. Oh, okay. Or an alien Bigfoot. One or the other. Either or none of them. Who knows? It could be either. Or both. Or both. Or all together. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they tag teamed. Possibly. <laughs> aliens from a top. Bigfoot on the ground. Nice one, yeah. Covered all bases. <laughs> yeah, so the general paranormal thoughts are it was either an alien abduction, which would sit right within the realms of cattle mutilation. So when they, like, take bits off you. Like your eyes. Yeah, they remove eyes, they remove skin. I mean, oh. like, there was no blood, there was no cuts, just these missing things, there was broken bones. Oh, but, got an idea. So if it was an alien abduction, yeah. let's say that they effectively ended up killing them on the craft and they extracted their eyes and so on. Mm-hmm. Maybe all these broken bones was that they just dropped them from the craft because they knew they were dead. Well, there you go. Which might explain the trees as well being broken. The impact, yeah. Yeah, the unnatural compelling force. Oh, interesting. Very interesting, yeah. So to be honest, that sounds more plausible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it sounds daft because you think, oh, aliens involved, you know, that's daft. But I would take that over someone going mad. Yeah, and that answers all the questions. It ticks all the boxes. Hmm, interesting. And the other one is Bigfoot, which I can see more in the sense of him coming up to your tent at the front and you going, oh, shit, and trying to cut your way out. Right, yeah. And then him chasing you, and then maybe you climb up the tree to try and get away and it pulls you down and then, you know, just kills the other ones. Or, did you, you know, they just after that, they just literally die of exposure. What would you prefer? Aliens or Bigfoot? <laughs> if you had to. <laughs> um, Probably the radioactive bum curry. <laughs> Yeah, me after a Mexican. Yeah. My catabatic wind. delicious. So, yeah, I think those are, are really the only theories and options about it. it. It is obviously still unsolved to this day, unfortunately. And that was a long time ago as well. It was, yeah. 60s, essentially. Wow. Yeah, so it does just continue to baffle everyone, and we'll probably actually never know what happened. And the speculations will grow, but at least when we finally meet the aliens, we can ask them if it was them, and if it wasn't, at least we can cross one suspect off the list. That's true, and then we just need to find Bigfoot and ask him. Yeah. Or her. Which is fine. I'll just use my mobile phone. I'll type in Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Just just talk to the one that picks up. (laughs) 
Thank you for telling such an interesting story that I've actually never heard of before. Oh, you're very welcome. This has turned into such a wholesome episode. It really has, isn't it? After last week's really awful <laughs> topic. From the awful topic last week to the horrible co-host arguments at the beginning. <laughs> I feel like we've all grown. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I thought I'd better throw that together because I, I thought you'd find it super interesting, Jordan. And I did, and thank you for that. And for what it's worth, I thought you did a really good job, actually. Oh, thanks, buddy. You're very welcome. Yeah, fucking idiot. <laughs> 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 ah, smashing. Right, well, uh, let's just let me shut up and um, revert back to my hibernation state, and you can just tell me some some funny things. Okay. So, would you like to hear some things that teachers have heard from their pupils, Ian? I would flop and love to me, old pal. <laughs> okay. So, as I alluded to at the beginning, my wife was a primary school teacher. Admittedly, she left the job because she wasn't really too keen on all the politics behind the doors and everything. It just yes. kind of killed the love of the job. But she loved teaching the kids. And if, you know, that was the primary focus, which it should be, but unfortunately isn't. Mm-hmm. If it was the primary focus, she'd still be doing it now. Yes. I was discussing about doing this subject with her mm-hmm. and and she told me a couple of stories so i thought i'd introduce those as well within the list that i have so i'll start with those brilliant so my wife would find that there was a particular child in her class that would always get in trouble like it was quite a troublesome child yes. and when he was caught out he'd regularly say i'm gonna come back to this school when i'm 18 and blow you up oh god <laughs> Yeah, and he he would also say stuff like, I'm going to murder your family and you. And this was from an eight-year-old boy. Good Lord. And this is is a public school. So naturally you you fear for your life now. Constant curtain twitching. (laughs) I hope little Billy's not coming up the road. (laughs) That's why I've got my dog. At least my dog will bark. That's true. Your dog is tiny, so he'd probably get it first. (laughs) So, yeah, a little sinister sounding, but there's some kind of more interesting ones too. They would often say kind of just silly things. So York, for example, is is about an hour's drive away from where we live. And they would just say things like, at the weekend I went to York and I went on a plane. <laughs> they just talk tosh. Yeah. Like, it, it means nothing at all. My son does the exact same thing. Does he? <laughs> Must be something in the air. I think it's just kids' imaginations. They just don't know what to say, so they just make stuff up. Yeah. Oh, could you please keep a diary of stuff that your son says? I can definitely try. When you notice something, just be like... Yeah, I'm going to stick that in. Right, yeah, I'll do that. (laughs) That'll be amazing. In a couple of months' time, we'll just see what happens. Okay. Or it might only just take a few days. Possibly, probably. (laughs) He is my son. (laughs) We'll see. The other one that absolutely I loved was that my wife had a a uni friend who also became a primary school teacher. And apparently it was show and tell. Mm -hmm. And she gets to this child that's brought something in a bag. And this child stands up at the front of the class, takes out of this bag... A fucking bright pink dildo. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the kid, like six year old, has no clue what this really is, but just thought it was a fascinating vibrating toy. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine that call, like being the parent? <laughs> That's so true. I don't think there was a call involved. I think it was like a, a sly kind of comment when the kid got picked up. Fucking hell. But yeah, I mean, how do you divulge that? Oh, by the way, your son brought in your lovely... Mr. Floppy. <laughs> 3,000. <laughs> what I would do is just, I would put it back in the bag and just be like, we do not bring this kind of thing to school. We don't go snooping around other people's things. Yeah. Go home. 
don't say that you showed anyone, you know, just to save the parents the embarrassment and just say, oh, this fell in my bag and that'll be the end of it. Yeah. See, the thing is, I don't really know. I should have found out this. I don't know how much of that has to be reported. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, it gets a really grey area. Yeah. But I dare say that would have had to have been spoken about, which... <laughs> I just oh, think God. that is amazing. But yeah, brought in this this bright pink <laughs> dildo that went bzzz. <laughs> I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when that happened. <laughs> a little interesting, shall we say. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. <laughs> So I'll give you a couple more as well that I found online. And I've said that all of these to my wife and she's like, yep, I can totally believe that that's true because they on the daily just say the most ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one that a, a child said to my wife was that they asked her what she wanted to do when she grew up. <laughs> oh God, I'm, I'm scared to know where this is going to go no, now. No, no, it's just like, what do you want to be when you grow up kind of thing. They'd asked her as if like she's not already chosen. Oh, okay, right. God, I thought... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know. My mind was just. It was just an empty void. I didn't know where that answer was going. I thought that this child was going to say something fucking obscene. Oh, I mean that does happen. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time, thankfully. Another one says uh, this must be American, based on how they've said it. But I had recess duty a few years ago. A kindergarten girl came running over with another girl right after her and said, She called me the B word. And when I asked the second student if she had indeed called the first student the B word, she turned to the first one and said, Motherfucker doesn't start with a B. <laughs> is that true or is that a joke? That is true. No, it's true. Apparently she had to, like, turn the laugh into a cough to sort of stifle it. <laughs> Madness. Madness. It does happen. What's going through these children's minds? Well, <laughs> clearly a lot. Uh, another one says, I was teaching a lesson on whales in my high school science class and had just mentioned the sperm whale when a girl asked, is that why the ocean is so salty? Oh. Didn't know how to respond. <laughs> That is a high school, though, to be fair. Okay, right. So he's probably just trying to be funny. <laughs> One of my students asked me when the world stopped being in black and white and changed to colour. Yeah, I can totally imagine that. He was 16. Oh, God. <laughs> I could totally imagine that because some people just, you know, they haven't got the wherewithal to think that something like that was just contained within the object of what it was being shown on, you know? Like, the TV was black and white. Yes, so that was a camera, wasn't it? Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. Life wasn't like that. <laughs> Imagine if it was, though, a life in sepia. Maybe it was. We weren't there. Yeah, how do we really know? And we can't really probably ask, because I think that's generations gone by. (laughs) It's been hidden (laughs) by the the elites. (laughs) Like, they're trying to hide our flat earth. They're trying to hide the black and white earth. Black and white earth, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. (gasps) Love it. Another one. One of my students once asked me, if a synchronised swimmer starts drowning, do they all start drowning? (laughs) Apparently this is not a joke. (laughs) I can I can see why they would think that, and you know it's quite a it's a fair question. I think. I mean, it is stupid, but it's fair enough. Yeah, because you, know, you think, well, you know, they're sticking to their their uniform manner. They're doing what they all do. Yeah, but surely they would probably just save the drowning party rather than just copying them. You would hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I don't remember this routine. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember this part from the practice. Oh well. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> They're just scoring them from the sides. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh funny. Nice improv, 10. 
<laughs> That's funny. Uh, another one. One of my little six-year-old students, who weighed about 80 pounds at the time, walked in late from break time. When I asked him why he was late, he grabbed his hunk of belly with both hands and said, The ladies love this, and just sat down like nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't answer the question. No, <laughs> that's a good way to avoid it. Yeah, I do that to my wife all the time, to be honest. Maybe not with the choice of words, but I do grab the old tum-tum. <laughs> do you grab your belly and say, the ladies yeah. love this. When she asks you, why have you not washed up? <laughs> <laughs> Just leaves a confused long enough for me to make my getaway. And this is a last example, but it's a fairly lengthy one. Okay. This, when I read up about it, I thought, this cannot be real. But also, it's so ridiculous that you just cannot make this shit up. Right. I can't wait to see where this one goes. <laughs> so, this is what the person said. It's not uncommon as a teacher to have students who are a little bit behind the curve in certain aspects. But 99% of the time, they're keen on something. Hmm. They might not understand how to identify a noun or what a theme is, but they somehow know how to make a mean plate of nachos, for example. Yeah, everyone has their own special skill. Exactly. And I thought this was a rule when I was teaching until I first met Kevin, which isn't his real name. Oh, I've heard this. I've heard this story. Have you heard this? Yeah, it's great. Carry on. <laughs> He comes to my classroom with very little to show for his academic past. He had moved a few times and thus was missing a lot of typical test scores that we used to try and ballpark the ability. I thought, well that's fine, I'll just do some one-to-one with Kevin and see what's up. However, one-to-one with Kevin was something like conversing with someone who had forgotten everything in a freak moment. There was no evidence that he'd learned anything past his second grade, and he was now in ninth grade. Well, flabbergasted, I figured we need to get a little more serious with this. If he was going to be in my class, I need to know why and how. I decided to meet with him to see what was really going on and this is when it all became clear. It was by some incredible fluke that his family hadn't been wiped off the face of the earth years ago. Odds are that his entire heritage was based on some blind luck and some type of sick divine intervention that saves his family every time a threat presents itself. Mm -hmm. Kevin was the genetic pinnacle of this null achievement. So here's a list of events that made it abundantly clear that God exists and that he's laughing uncontrollably. Kevin frequently forgot when or where class was. On more than one occasion, I had to retrieve him from other classrooms. <laughs> Kevin ate an entire 24-pack of crayons, puked, and then did it again the next day. This was in ninth grade. I have no idea where he even got crayons. <laughs> Kevin's dad wrote tuition checks and mailed them to me, his English teacher, from a public school. <laughs> when I gave it back to Kevin, voided, to give it to his dad, Kevin got in trouble for trying to spend it at the 7-Eleven. <laughs> Kevin was removed from the culinary arts programme after leaving a cutting board on the gas stove and starting a fire. Twice. Kevin threw his lunch at the school resource officer and tried to run away. He ran into a door and insisted it wasn't him. (laughs) Kevin stole my phone during class. I called it. It rang. He denied it was ringing. And note that he wasn't denying that he got the phone. He was just denying that the phone was actually ringing. And he tried it three times before the end of the year. (laughs) Yeah, I've got it, but it's not ringing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 
Kevin's mum tried to remember which school he went to. She missed several meetings because she drove to other schools, none of which he ever went to. Oh, God. That says a lot, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> I, I can understand why Kevin is as he is. Yeah, poor Kev. Didn't have a fighting chance, did he? Not at all. Kevin tased himself in the neck before a football game. <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't know. And I don't know how he got the taser. <laughs> Kevin stole another student's iPhone and tried to sell it back to them. <laughs> Kevin didn't understand that his grade was dependent on tests, quizzes, homework, classwork, and participation. Kevin finished the first semester with a 3% grade average. Fucking hell. He tried to bribe me with $11. <laughs> I got this out of the check from my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Spent it at 7-Eleven. <laughs> Kevin spit on a girl and said, You should get out of those wet clothes. Oh, f***ing hell. The girl was the Spanish student teacher. <laughs> what a shitty chat-up line. <laughs> hey, it worked for me. <laughs> yes, it did. I'm finally out of my wet clothes. Kevin didn't know dogs and cats were different animals. <laughs> Kevin got gum in his hair constantly. <laughs> Kevin had several allergies, but neither his parents nor he could remember what they were. Oh, fuck. <laughs> they were very concerned that the holiday party would have peanuts. When they finally get a doctor's note, he was allergic to amoxicillin. <laughs> Certainly not peanuts. Which is an antibiotic? Furthest thing from. <laughs> and a couple more for this list. Kevin and his parents took a flight and forgot all their luggage at home. Oh my god. I didn't believe him when he told me until I talked to his mum, who told me first thing when I saw her at the bi-weekly meeting. And finally, Kevin's grandfather apparently died in a chainsaw accident. I can only assume that God was looking the other way that day. <laughs> <laughs> and there is Kevin. <laughs> Boy, I don't think that's satire. I think that is really true. Yeah, I've heard that before. I mean, it does take all sorts, you know, to make the world go round. Yeah, it does. So <laughs> at least they do have the divine protection because it, it sounds like they might have taken themselves out of the world a little earlier, <laughs> just as the granddad did. Natural selection. Yeah, if they're around, you know, just doing their thing. <laughs> exactly. And maybe don't steal people's phones and try and sell it to them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I think there's a mixture here of genuine confusion and thinking that he's helping himself in some way by doing the most stupid decisions. Yeah, I mean, maybe he just doesn't understand social etiquette. I mean, I was a very shy child. And I stole everyone's phone. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't quite go that far. But, you know, you used to do the, the most bizarrest things when you could just walk up to someone and say, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, you used to do the weirdest things to try and get their attention because in your head you're thinking, oh, this will have this reaction. You know, and what did you just drop and do the worm? I did uh, several times. <laughs> you know, and I used to think people look at me and go, "Whoa, man, that shit is dope." And I'd be like, "Yeah, man, I'm a cool dancer," and then we'd be friends. You know, we'd go yes. from there. I don't see any problem with that thought. Well, generally, people just look at you and go, "What the fucking hell are you doing, mate? Go off the floor, you idiot." <laughs> And then yeah, I just retreat into my own <laughs> antisocial shell. You go back in the ground. Exactly. <laughs> you wriggle back in. <laughs> dig my way down. <laughs> ah, brilliant. Oh, love it. So, thanks for that. That was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm sure there'll probably be more as my wife tries to think of other things that's happened as well. And if they do, I'll probably add a few more tidbits in the future. Yeah, and I'll do the same. I'll uh, listen to my son's ramblings. Oh, please. And all the, all the stuff he comes out with. And I'll see if he says anything worth note. I love it. Yes, please do. Smash it. So does that about bring us around to the end of today? Because we are running very long due to our massive argument at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an old married couple. <laughs> yes. 
I think we should probably leave that there, indeed. Fantastic. Well, all of you at home, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Two Guys What's Up. If you'd like to get in touch for any reason at all, our Linktree link is in the bio of this episode, so you can click on it, and there you will find all of our socials, all of our cool things that you can click on, emails, Patreon this, YouTube that, all that sort of cool stuff. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to us so you don't miss another episode and maybe even tell a friend. Take your friend to Kevin and just try and talk some sense into him but just don't bring your phone with you because you will end up just buying it back. Yes, and don't bring a taser. Yeah, don't bring a taser because he'll use it on himself. <laughs> yes, and then you'll get nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget, we now do have a Patreon where you can find all sorts of Two Guys What's Up bonus stuff including our beautiful pin badge which also comes with a shout out, our gorgeous Two Guys What's Up branded t-shirts and if you really can't get enough of our fantastically told tales, our beautiful angelic voices, and all the awesome stuff that we spout in between, then you can now get our bonus episodes which we have started releasing on the last Friday of every single month. There's one coming up next week, I believe. Nice. But at the moment there are two up there, you know, almost two hours of unheard content for just three pounds a month. I mean, what a bargain. And you couldn't even buy a scone for that. A what? (laughs) A scone. I'm just saying it as it should be. Are you English or American, Jordan? (laughs) Well, pick your side. <laughs> pick your side, pal. <laughs> but if you want to help support the show and get some cool stuff while you do it, head over to patreon.com forward slash two guys what's up to check out all the goodies over there. The link will, of course, be down below for your clicking convenience. But if you can't do that, then we understand. But if you still like to help us out, then a five-star rating and review in the Apple Podcast app would go a long way to help us out, and we would be eternally grateful. We absolutely would. But on that note, thank you for listening, guys. You have an amazing week, and we will see you next Monday. Yeah, which is fine. If you're happy doing it, I I accept that you are enjoying yourself. Oh, kill me.